I love watching Brad Owen video blogs, don't you? Let's take a look at a hand he played recently where he flops a pretty good hand. It's certainly okay to fold small pocket pairs from early position if you're in a tough game with lots of three betting. Most of the time, that won't be the case. I raised a 30. We are playing 5-10 No Limit Texas style. Under the gun, Brad opens the pocket threes. As he mentions here, it's probably okay to just fold this hand if your opponents are going to be re-raising a lot. But that would be a big mistake in loose, splashy cash games that are not too aggressive. If you're going to get to see the flop with your pair, you should be raising and calling initial raises with pairs the vast majority of the time. Because when you do get a set, you're going to be in excellent shape. And since you're not going to be getting three bet off of your hand very often, or four bet off your hand very often, this is a spot where you definitely want to play. Big blind is my good friend, Kevin Colenzo. He's been in several previous vlogs. He calls for 20 more. We're heads up in position. The flop comes 7-4-3 rainbow. We've got bottom set in a situation where we shouldn't be strong very often. The big blind checks. I'm not a big fan of slow playing, particularly when the board is coordinated. I bet 40. All right, pot is 65, and Brad decides to go about two-thirds pot for $40. I'm not exactly sure who his opponent is, but if his opponent is a good, strong, world-class player, as opposed to a loose, splashy cash game player, we now want to revert to playing a much more strong GTO strategy against this player, if that's who we are actually against. So what does the GTO play on the 7-4-3 board? Well, when there's already a straight available on the flop, you typically want to use smaller sizes in general. Also, when the board is very good for the big blind, you usually want to use smaller sizes in general because essentially Brad lacks the nut advantage. This is a spot where his opponent's going to have 6-5 offsuit, perhaps. Definitely 6-5 suited. Also 4-3 suited, 7-4 suited, all the sets. And all those hands smash most of Brad's best hands, especially if he doesn't raise fours and threes. Because in that scenario, Brad's going to have a lot of over pairs at best, whereas his opponent's going to have a lot of straight sets and two pairs at best. So when that is the case, in GTO world, you often want to bet small. However, in live poker against most players, this is just a spot to bet big and get money in the pot. Also, if there ever is a hand to bet big, it is bottom set, because bottom set does not block your opponent from having top pair or middle pair. So... I have no problems with Brad's bet, but if we are trying to revert to playing just like good GTO poker, then I think a smaller bet of something like $20 is probably ideal. The big blind may have a piece. He calls. The turn is the six of spades, putting four to the straight out there. Kevin could easily have a five. He knows it. He knows that I know it. He reps it and leads for 80. This is a common spot where good studied players will lead because they realize Brad does not have a whole lot of fives, right? If you think about his early position raising range, he really only has ace-five suited, maybe six-five suited, maybe five-four suited, maybe king-five suited, and pocket fives. And that's it. So this is a spot where when the big blind's going to defend a lot pre-flop with a lot of fives, and they're going to call a flop bet with a lot of fives, they get to lead very often because now again, they have a big nut advantage. We discussed this thoroughly in the Cash Game Masterclass at PokerCoaching.com. If these concepts are not familiar to you, please check that out because this information is vital. So facing the lead, we just need to call. This is a spot where if we raise and get re-raise, it's not good at all. So call and try to see a cheap showdown. Sets haven't been good to us so far. Less than 20 minutes into the session, we lost half our stack by losing to a straight when we had a set earlier, and we may lose to another straight here. 
So Brad mentions this thought that he just lost with a set to a straight earlier. And you have to realize it doesn't matter. A lot of people, not necessarily Brad, but a lot of people get it in their head that, oh man, I lost with a set earlier and I'm going to lose with it again. So I should fold or something like that. But no, you have to realize that hands are independent for the most part. And sometimes you're going to lose with the same hand twice in a row, such as life. Sometimes you're not, right? Just play this hand to the best of your ability. Again, we can't fold, especially for the price we're getting, and we should have at least full house outs. I would not fold to any bet here, unless the opponent like ripped it all in. And even then, I still might not fold. We call, then wish very hard for the board to pair. The dealer might be a genie, he puts out another six, we improve to a full house in a spot where it looks like we might just have an overpair to the board. Our good buddy is never gonna suspect we've got a monster, he bets a healthy 240. All right. In this situation, we have how much money behind? We have something like, I think, $1,200 behind. What I don't know is what would you do facing this $240 bet? We have the worst full house. You're obviously not folding. The question is, should you be a little careful and just call? Should you raise small, like $600? Or should you rip it all in? Take a second, think about it, and write what you would do in the comments section below. And while you're down there, click the like and subscribe button, please. I think this is a spot where in GTO world, you probably just want to go all in. The full house is great. Your opponent really is not gonna have a whole lot of sets to lead the turn, and probably not a whole lot of two pairs to lead the turn. Although, they could, they could. As they have more sets and two pairs to lead the turn, that should make you way more inclined to just call. But most people in the opponent's shoes are either going to have a straight or a non-premium hand. So if that's the case, raising is quite nice because we could you put all the opponent's straights, which should be a lot of their range, in a really, really miserable spot. Now, if your opponent will fold a straight to a raise every time, then obviously don't raise. Some players in cash games, especially if they are playing way too big for their bankroll, they will just not call it off for all their money without the super nuts. If that's the case, you should be bluffing a ton on the river, right? But you should not really raise hands like this. So always consider your opponent, their particular situation, and their overall strategy when you decide what to do in this situation. But I think the default play is to shove. But if you think your particular opponent is just not going to pay you off, because either they're nitty, or they think you are so bad at poker that you would never bluff here, well, in that scenario, you should just call. The issue is that... He actually could have a full house himself, and every other full house is beating us. He could have comfortably led turn with a higher set, or even two pair that is now turned into a better full house, knowing that all have very few fives as an early position preflop raiser. So Brad does say here that he could have the better boats, right, um, to lead the turn. And I think you're going to find that most people will start by leading the turn with like a lot of their fives, right? And then the question becomes, will they lead stuff like 7-6, or pocket sixes, or... Pocket fours, right? I think most people who have a leading range will lead with the straights a large chunk of the time, but I don't think they're going to mostly lead with the sets and two pairs. But if your opponent will lead with those because they realize Brad's not going to raise all that often, then in that scenario, you should also be more inclined to just call. I really only have pocket five sometimes and ace five suited. That's it. If I raise over a fairly large bet, my opponent is too good to call me with a hand even as good as a straight. He didn't win his two World Series of Poker Circuit Rings and 1.5 million in tournament caches by calling a bunch of river raises. Worth noting, if your opponent's range is almost all straights, 
that's value and then some bluffs. If they're going to fold all the straights to a shove, I'm telling you, you are going to print money by jamming here with probably any two cards. And that's going to be especially true if you block a full house. Since I don't think that we'll get called by worse, I just flat. Turns out Kevin isn't my friend at all. He tried to bluff Ooh. me with ace-queen suited while I was already stuck with a complete lack of respect. He knows the board is theoretically better for his range than it should be for ours. In fact, based on how this hand played, it would seem that our whole cards got somehow switched. I wouldn't expect Kevin to have ace-queen, and he obviously didn't expect me to have threes full. Interesting spot. Um, so if the opponent is playing the ace-queen that way, I can guarantee you they're going to be drastically over-bluffing. If we rewind back here a little bit to the turn... On this board, if you are going to be bluffing, you'd much prefer to have an eight in your hand or maybe a hand like 10-9 where an eight makes a straight. And the opponent really should have a lot of hands containing an eight or 10-9. So I don't think this is a spot where the opponent wants to use ace-queen because if they're using ace-queen, it kind of implies they're using a lot of unpaired hands like jack-10 of hearts and jack-10 of diamonds and jack 10 of clubs and queen nine of clubs and queen nine of diamonds, right? There's a whole lot of hands that could conceivably be in the opponent's range to bluff in that spot. And if they're bluffing all of those, I can tell you they're going to be drastically over bluffing. So if they're going to be drastically over bluffing and they're going to fold a straight to a shove, shove everything, scoop the pot and print all the equity. That's going to get for today. Hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, click the like and subscribe buttons down below. We have another fun video lined up. Make sure you check it out. Thank you for being here. Good luck. And don't be afraid to go for value with the full house, but at the same time, don't value own yourself.